Hi there, it's News Talk's Kieran Cuddy here. Before you start your podcast, I wanted to let you know about the Focus Ireland annual appeal. The reality is we have a homelessness crisis in Ireland. Shockingly, nearly 4,000 children are experiencing homelessness. And that number has increased by over 20% in just one year. It's wrong, and it's our collective responsibility to make a difference. Homelessness has a devastating impact on children. It can lead to mental health problems, loneliness, isolation from friends, and falling behind in school. It robs them of the chance to grow into the healthy, happy individuals they deserve to be. But here's the good news. You can be part of the solution. Your donation can help provide expert, specialist care to children in homelessness, enabling them to escape emergency accommodation and find a safe, secure home. So let's make a real impact together. Head over to focusireland.ie and give what you can. Every contribution counts and it's a step towards ending homelessness and giving these children the loving homes they deserve. Together, we can make a difference. Visit focusireland.ie and donate today. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Humanitarian situation on the ground in Gaza. Uh, we're obviously hearing dreadful, dreadful things. Tell us, tell us what you know about what's happening currently. Uh, well, in terms of what uh, we see with our Palestinian colleagues on the ground, it is uh, hell on earth. Uh, the situation is completely catastrophic. Our staff are working around the clock seven days a week, uh, doing the best they can, but we are out or almost out of medical supplies. Uh, we don't have enough anesthesia, enough antibiotics, enough morphine, uh, enough medication on any level uh, to to do the job that is needed to respond to the horrific numbers and the horrific cases that are coming to our hospitals. I I believe uh, less than a third of the the hospitals that were operating in Gaza are now operational anyway. But but for people listening who don't understand that that lack of basic medical supplies, uh, anaesthetics, morphine, antibiotics, what does that mean for people who are sick or who need surgery in Gaza? We were speaking to one of our colleagues on the ground recently um, and we heard a horrific testimony from him where he basically had to operate a young 11-year-old boy, uh, do an amputation of a young 11-year-old boy uh, on the floor of the hospital because there's no space, there's no beds left Uh without anesthesia. So he amputated this young boy's foot without proper anesthesia. Meanwhile, his sister, who also needed to be operated on, stood by and watched, knowing that she was next. That's the kind of situation our doctors are facing at the moment. It is completely horrific. And that it, I can think of no other word, other horrific. I'm sure it's actually very traumatic, not only for the, the... Palestinian people who are affected. Uh, how are how are the the aid staff? How are the how are the doctors holding up? It, it, it must be a nightmare to find yourself in that scenario. I think that 
they're just incredible. I mean, I can't really think of um, any other word to describe how phenomenally heroic they're being because they they don't stop. I mean, they do not stop. Uh, they're drained to the bone, but they are going every day uh, crazy long hours working nonstop to save lives. Um, I spoke to uh, one of our nurses in Al-Shifa Muhammad uh, recently, and uh, he stayed positive. But at the end of the day, they're also fearful for their lives and their families' lives. Of course. It's terrifying, the situation for them. Sometimes they call us crying, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to carry on. But they they are carrying on. But we need an immediate ceasefire. This is completely inhumane what's happening right yeah. now. These children we're talking about, these are the men, women, and children, and, and they... They're just trying their best to, to, to do what's right and they're facing just deplorable conditions. Faris, are, are, you, are, are people on the ground facing running out of just everything at this stage? Fuel, medicines, water, any form of, of, of normal modern sanitation? Uh, I mean, it's sort of unspeakable, but, but is that the vista that you're staring into? It is. And uh, I mean, I read a... A, a, a text message from a colleague of ours in the south in Khan Yunus uh, this morning and it was just devastating they don't have any water uh, in know, a hospital they, they, they don't they, have any water no they're they're sheltering in in, a, in another spot uh, where they believe it is safe but uh, the out they, they have barely enough water uh, they have to queue for hours uh, she has to queue with her two young children for hours just to be able to go to the toilet so now she's taking a trip to a government uh, uh, hospital where it's much more dangerous. The, the path is extremely dangerous. The bombs, bombs are, are, are crashing down near there. Um, but she walks there and goes there with her children because the, the wait for the toilet and the water is a little bit okay. more uh, accessible. Those, those very few trucks that we've seen enter through the Rafa crossing, I think it's, it's something like 80 have, have crossed in the last five days. Are they making any impact whatsoever or are they just literally a drop in a bucket? It's a drop in the ocean, not even a drop in a bucket. I mean, we have to remember that before the war, uh, approximately 400 to 500 trucks were passing through Gaza every day because the, the people in Gaza are heavily reliant on humanitarian aid. Now, if you can imagine that was the case before the war and now we've had a siege and a war for uh, over three weeks, we, I mean, it goes without saying that the situation is dire and yeah. we need a significant increase Look, in humanitarian aid. Thank you very much for speaking to us this morning on that. That is Faris Al-Jawed, Medicine Sans Frontier, Communications Manager for Palestine. We're also joined now on the line from Israel by Avakai Brodich. Um, Avakai, you are one of the families who your family members have been kidnapped by Hamas. Bring us back to the 7th of October when your your wife and three young children were taken. H- how did you find out? Oh, well, uh, I found out. I, was, uh, I wasn't home with my wife and my, my kids. Um, my wife was there with uh, our three kids, with uh, Uriah, Yuval and Ufri. And, uh, and another girl that came running to our house after her parents were killed. And uh, I wasn't home at the time. I kept uh, texting them. Um, and uh, every time they told me everything's fine. And uh, by around 11 a.m., uh, that was the last message I got from my wife. And she told me, somebody's coming in. And uh, I knew what was going on, so I thought they were killed as well. 
And uh, the, the day after, on Sunday, that I found out that uh, somebody had seen them uh, being led uh, outside of our home uh, into Gaza. So somebody from the kibbutz saw them, and so I, I found out they were alive, and uh, so they, they were taken to Gaza alive. Okay, and for people listening, your children are 10, 8 and 4, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. My my girl is 10 years old. She just celebrated her birthday uh, the evening before. Um, and she was supposed to celebrate with her friends uh, that Saturday, so we still have her cake in the fridge. Okay. Still waiting for her. Okay. And uh, Yuval is 8, and, and Uriah is 4. And and your wife Avakai, she was. Am I right in thinking she was the head of the kibbutz that they were that they were kidnapped from? Oh, she was uh, the community manager at a different kibbutz, at uh, Kibbutz Magen. But uh, in in our kibbutz, she she led the uh, uh, economic uh, part of the kibbutz. Okay. So. Yeah, so a, a kind of a community correct. community leader. What I I know you are campaigning to 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 bring your family home. Um, what do you want the Israeli government to do? You know, I just want them to do the obvious thing and to bring my family back to me. So that's all I hope for, all I wish for, the, this very obvious thing that, you know, my family was taken away from me on that Saturday. It's been 26 days, a bit more, and I just wish for them to come back home to their dad and my wife to her husband. Uh, that's all I asked for. So, you know. Yeah. Um, it's probably a, a stupid question, but but how how is this affecting you? How how does this feel to know that your 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 three young children, your wife, that they they are being held hostage? How, how is that? How is that waking up every morning? How does that feel? Well, I have to say, you know, because at first I thought they were all killed, so. I, the moment, you know, the day after when I heard the news, I, I felt like I got my life again. You know, my family. Because there was I hope. Heard they were alive. There was so I'm still living on that hope. Yeah. From that day that I heard they were alive, I still got that hope in me. But uh, you know, it's horrible inside them. You know, outside I, I feel fine. You know, I have my breakfast and my lunch. But inside, you know, I'm torn apart. My you no, know, my wife is everything to me every time. I want to text her to ask her questions, you know, to tell her that I love her and get my phone out. And then I see that, you know, I realize there's no one to text to. So it is horrible. But, no, uh, I, I, I can, you know, I, I still got hope I can't in imagine. Me. I can't imagine. Uh, what I was asking you about the Israeli government, uh, the, the bombardment of Gaza, the, 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 I suppose the IDF policy as, as, as it currently stands. Do you think this is the right one in in terms of bringing back the hostages? Do you think this is is the best shot, or do you think that the a more diplomatic solution would be like? What would you like to see happen in practical terms, or or do you not have a view? Well, you know, I really don't know. Uh, you know, I always believed in peace, so I wish, I wish there was peace now. Uh, I wish this whole conflict was over. You know, it cost us so much both sides. Uh, in terms of getting back the hostages, you know, I wish there was something peaceful to be done. I really do. But, you know, I'm a really small military strategist. Um, I don't have all the answers. I don't have any answer. The, the, the only thing I know is that I want my family with me. Yeah. And I think it's obvious, you know, to everyone that 
you know, kids should be with their dads, you know, and husbands should be with their wives. So that's all I wish for, to, how to do that, you know. Okay. Avakai. Uh, I have no idea. We we sincerely hope that you are reunited with with your wife and with your three children. And uh, obviously, uh, our, our absolute sympathies lie with you and your families and, and with everyone who's been caught up in this conflict. Thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. We, we do appreciate it. That is Avakai Brodich there, who's, whose wife and three children who are aged 10, eight and four are being held hostage in Gaza currently. And uh, thank you for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at seven on News Talk. Activating ultrasound technology. Glass at 45. A smooth, domed head. Guinness Nitro Surge, the easy way to experience the ritual of the Guinness Surge and Settle wherever you are. Very smooth. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie.